Welcome to the Pastors Podcast. This is Pastor Scott, and with me today is a uh, real blessing. Pastor Bill and Jeanette Kassenholtz are here uh, on their last Sunday with us, worshiping with us. They're, you're, you're moving this week, is that correct? Yes. Saturday, uh, we'll load up, and Sunday, we'll spend the last day in our house. Oh, my goodness. Has your mind even gone there yet, or is it? <laughs> is there still too much to do between now and there? We know we're going to be sleeping on the floor in sleeping bags the last <laughs> night, because our bed will be loaded. Uh, we, we could probably get you a, a, a no. you know a hotel room or something. No, we'll, you, you probably want to sleep there. Though. We'll have a camping mat. I think so. Oh, okay, <laughs> at least something. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I'm like, Jeanette, we can, we can figure this yeah. out. I, I'm sure your kids have, yeah. would figure that oh, out Oh, our well. daughter said, come to our house. We said, no, we're going to stay here until you guys are all through loading. <laughs> <laughs> but we're, well, it was a sweet time today at the services. Um, but as you said, Bill, you only got three minutes. And uh, <laughs> I thought that this would be a nice time for us to just get to share and to allow you to reflect, and also um, as you, as you, Bill, as a pastor, but but really in many ways, as you both have led our church family in so many ways, as you have set a, an example for our church family in so many ways, we wanted to provide an opportunity for you to get to speak as well to um, to our church family about. Uh, what's on your heart as you leave about as you reflect on the last 20 years here's the church the last i i believe i was trying to look it up i think it was, I think it was six years just over six years bill that you've been uh serving as a pastor here um when, when you think back and even particularly over the last over that time here at cornerstone um and maybe even just as a pastor though what are the things that stand out to you um about that time? Well, I think we, we had gone through the time at First Baptist, which was somewhat disruptive, uh, as Jim could say. Um, and our attitude was, we'll sit in a pew, we'll hear a sermon, we'll fellowship with the people, but we don't want to know what goes on inside, <laughs> you know, what's behind the scenes. So being called to be a pastor, I was a little intrepid, and uh, yet I have seen something that uh, I hope is not unique because it is so wonderful as a church that God hand made so unusual. I remember you saying, there are no head pastors, we're all equal. I, I, I think I was a little naive because I, I see you, Scott, uh, doing a lot of things that uh, most of us couldn't do if we tried. But um, the way that we keep track of the congregation, member care, the way that pastor care is a time for us to kind of let our hair down and say, you know, um, the Lord has blessed me this way and that way, but um, I really blew it last week at home or whatever it was, and know that indeed we could confess our sins, we could be real, and... Um, and to see a church that welcomed people, God's people, 
regardless of the race, regardless of the age, regardless of the language they spoke, uh, seeing Jose come and Nueva Vida, uh, a congregation within a congregation, and then see uh, Jamie and Ara come and see a Farsi church start and then be uh, welcomed into this church. Um, these are extraordinary things. Um, we're going to a place where we hope that we can find a church where People are welcome. God has handmade every one of us. Um, and we work so well together because the foundation isn't partial to one race or one age or it it is God's people people called by God mm. and those who come and wonder what in the world is going on mm. but they can soon find out what's going on I think that's a great part of this church mm. um, we keep track of people you know I, I i love that that word you used extraordinary i think what god so often do, does in our midst and what he has done it truly is i think it, we it can we can sometimes forget that <laughs> forget uh, it seems ordinary because it's what he did uh, but it, it, it's so much bigger than any of us anything any of us could have have done or built um Jeanette, I think you've had such an impact on so many of us, but both a number of the women in our church, as you've both set an example, as you've invested in others, and, and even in a lot of us pastors, uh, mm -hmm. both through Bill and interpersonally as well, your mm -hmm. passion for God and love for his word and love for truth have also helped to guide us as a church family um, when you think of back on the last couple of decades here, the last um, 10 years in particular, last six years uh, with Bill, I mean, I guess it's, it's longer than that, that you've been kind of a part of eldership with us, right? It was maybe seven years, something like that. But what, what are some of the things that stand out to you as you think back? Well, I think to... Um... The, the multiple age, um, I really enjoy. Um, <clears throat> I loved working with the young moms in mops, encouraging them to love their husbands and their children. And that was such a blessing for me. Um, and then <laughs> when we started inviting kids over for movies, because... Mm -hmm. We, we were appalled at some of the movies that are out mm -hmm. and coming to realize that some of our believing friends enjoyed them. Mm. We wanted to encourage them to uh, watch wholesome movies. Yeah. So we started having movie nights and just, I think, being with the 30-ish we thought we were 30, and so we just <laughs> <laughs> went, went along. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now we're coming to realize that isn't so. <laughs> but um, I really enjoyed that. It's time that. you're used and, to your 40s. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, or double. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but I've really enjoyed that, the, mm. Being having fellowship mm -hmm. and relationship mm -hmm. with all ages. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and it, it, 
it is actually, I think, in so many ways, the both the generational diversity, but also just who the two of you are that has shaped and had such an impact on um, all of us. The Lord's just used graciously to um, get us to think about things we weren't thinking about yet, to to reconsider things uh, that we just kind of assumed. Um, As you, as you think back over, you know, as you both think back over where the church is, right, where it's come from, but where, where it is now and, and where it's heading, what what are some of the things you hope as a church family we'll remember um, as you, yeah, given your just unique perspective, both in leadership in the church and in life? I think we start with simply the Lord is good Mm. and his ways are better than our ways. Um, A lot of gracious words were said today to us as we leave. And uh, that's very kind and we'll cherish that. But we know who we are. In fact, I thought the sermon was so perfect for today. Unless we know the Lord well, we will never know ourselves well. Mm. Um, Yes, there are so many opportunities here. Um, I'm not sure whether it's because our own family is large, but I think we felt an affinity for the young people. And what's really been super for us is there are those that have looked at us as somebody older that they can relate to. And we're the benefactors more than they are. Um, it's, it's, it's hard to do something that God calls us to do and then realize we gained so much more than we did. Um, Like Jeanette says, they've kept us young. (laughs) Uh, And for a long time, we've been... uh, in denial (laughs) and the kids have helped us so much (laughs) to uh feel like we're part of their age to stay in denial it is (laughs) 30 year old kids you're here yeah 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 yeah. well yes uh, (laughs) the the cutoff's about 40 years i was just gonna say i i I feel like even at, at, at my age and i've got you know teenagers at home but yeah um, I, I know who you mean when you're talking about kids. Our kids are 50. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, yes. And to see them um, making life choices, um, I think of Ashley wanting to go and spend two years in Turkey, and I'm thinking... <laughs> It takes my breath away. I'm thinking, I just want to stay right where I am. And then 
maybe that's one of the reasons that the Lord simply said, "Get up and go." After fifty-eight years, uh, it's it's time to move. And uh, I'm looking over my shoulder, saying, oh, "Who's he talking about?" Uh, it's um, we know we're going to leave a lot here, and I don't mean in our uh, legacy. I mean our heart. Mm. This is. Uh, we've been in many, many churches, many churches, spent a lot of time in a very liberal church where God's word was not honored like it should be. And come here and heard the word full strength, um, and it hasn't just been from one pastor. It's been from many of the pastors. Uh, the richness that we've been blessed with here is, uh, I think, is astounding. Um, what we won't be looking for is a one-man church. Uh, one pastor and all of the balls in the air are hopefully kept there by one man. Uh, that's... We've been spoiled. We've been spoiled. Uh, it's... It's extraordinary. Uh, Looking back, I think I'm a naughty little boy who God chose to use an example of what grace and his blessing really are. I never dreamed that I'd be a pastor, and it hasn't always been easy, being able to officiate at two of our grandkids' weddings was like the frosting on the cake, but it, even in the struggles where in elder meetings we didn't always agree, sometimes feeling like I'm the odd man out. Uh, It was exactly what God wanted for me, but he's omniscient and he's omnipotent and he is sovereign. And so whatever I went through, the other pastors go through. They may be on the other side, but nothing's wasted. So we look back, say, there it is. The Lord led me one way, these others a different way. And then we look forward. Right now, that's, that's a hard thing to do, to look forward. Uh, those grandkids, great-grandkids, excuse me, who came and jumped on me and just stole my heart standing on that hillside and later that day not audibly but hearing the Lord say I did this just for you those are the things that offset uh, being uprooted uh, thinking well, what about the familiarity of driving up that street that we've driven up for almost 60 years? Uh, waking up in the morning and looking at the uh, plaster on the ceiling and <laughs> there's a, an elephant's, uh, uh, you know, ears and eyes and 
knows and 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 just the odd things the things that that made it familiar can i interject something there of course yesterday two of our daughters who were 50 and almost 60 were lying on the floor in their ex bedroom looking at the pictures in the plaster and remembering oh my goodness <laughs> That was a heart jerker. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, yeah. Oh my goodness. It's just the little things like that. It you is. Know. <laughs> well, one of the things, as you grow older, um, you, you, you often come to that crossroad where you're going to say, okay, I'm going to just sit down and cry, or I'm going to laugh. <laughs> and we choose most of the time to laugh. We'll talk to each other from, I'll be at the top of the stairs and Jeanette at the bottom. And we'll talk. And what she says comes out different. And I'm thinking, you said what? And uh, it's just because we don't even hear well. Um, Besides that, we speak spouse. Oh, so we have to interpret. Well, yes. Jeanette says we speak spouse. No. We've actually never learned to speak spouse. <laughs> we are trying a second language. And it is incomprehensible uh, most of the time. And sometimes it causes less than delight. And we have to sit down and kind of go over it and figure out what we were thinking and what we were saying. And... And sometimes, a lot of times, I'm sorry. Um, and uh, we say sorry a lot. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and and I think you know it's interesting. I think both the intimate, you, both of your intimacy with God, your relationship with God, daily commitment to that, is one of those things that sets the example for all of us. And and your relationship with one another where you do say sorry a lot, <laughs> where, where you recognize the realities of life and, and half the time you, you choose to laugh at it, yes. right? Instead of, instead of crying, <laughs> but also um, taking the time to resolve those conflicts because you know the yeah. Lord has you together for a reason. And I think in, in all of those, th these are just so many of the little ways that every little um, every little moment that, that any of us has had exposure to that has um, shaped us in, in so many in countless ways. So many countless ways. Yeah. I, Jeanette, as, as you think about both your time here and the, um, the women of our church, who I think many, so, so many have been blessed by you as well, um, of all sorts of different ages. If, if you would want to remind them of something as you look back, what would what would you want what would you want them to hear? Well, I think a lot of them are doing the hardest job in the world. Mm. Um, but they're doing one of the very most important jobs that God has given us uh, to raise up children, to love him and serve him. And that's been a joy for me to see that in our church, uh, to see children who love their families and are learning to love God, um, love each other. And of course, kids <laughs> always have differences, but um, it's encouraging to me to see uh, young women who are really devoted to raising children to, to love the Lord and to serve their husbands and love their husbands. I think that that's really a privilege for us. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just going back to what you said reminded me of a couple of things. 
Um, I think certainly back when I met Jeanette, I don't think I was very secure. We met in the summer, 1954. Um, I don't know how I ever got to the head of the line, but <laughs> I remember out on the shore one evening and the shore of Lake Tahoe, giving her a little necklace and and telling her I love her. And she wouldn't kiss me. I had to figure out what it would cost to get her to kiss me. Uh, I remember the first date when I reached over and was going to kiss her, and she backed up and said, oh, I don't just kiss anyone. No, 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 no. I said, I don't kiss anybody. Well, but, but she laid down a challenge and I figured out what it would cost me to do to 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 have her kiss me. It cost me my heart. I gave it freely. And um that was in August. We'd met in late June. I went down and volunteered to be drafted the draft at that time was like 50,000 men a month. It was a year after Korea had stopped. And so I volunteered for the draft and uh, I left in October. He asked me to marry him and then he left for two I did. years. I asked her to marry me and she said yes. And I went away for two years. Spent most of that in Germany, peacetime, uh, Germany. Um, and now 60, I think we're in our 65th year as married. Uh, I'm getting pretty secure about our relationship. <laughs> but the second thing that you... Uh, something that reminded me of this is and it goes with the sermon today uh, knowing God one thing is clear from Genesis to Revelation God knows everything he knows us never are we out of his sight never can we close the closet door and say, okay, now we, he won't see us. And I think that has become a guideline to me. I know that the Lord I love knows everything about me and watches me every minute, just like he does every, every one of us. So, Whatever I do, and I know sometimes he's not pleased. Um, and I have to go to him and confess and sometimes do Jeanette for the same reason. Um, short on patience or whatever. But just the idea, I am always, always in God's presence and what I do matters always I worship a God who is gracious and who is willing to forgive me and sometimes I think how can he possibly have time for anybody else because I keep him so busy? But, um, you know, um, it, it guides a person. Um, so, a naughty little boy 
who God chose to make an example out of. And now our family, I mean, just, just our direct descendants and spouses, way over 50 people. Uh, I don't even know how you know 50 people. <laughs> I don't know how you remember all their names. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're trying. We just get it down, and then they add another one. <laughs> oh, yes, we have, we have twins. We have three more that we know of that are coming this summer. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. At least that they've told us about so far. <laughs> so um, one of the other things I, I wanted to ask you was there's... I think a lot of times we are able to speak, you know, look back and speak into the lives of people in generations, you know, younger than us. We do a lot of like teaching to kids. We do as a church, you know, there's lots of reflections for young adults, you know, for young parents, for parents and things like that. I, I'm not sure we often get the opportunity to, for someone to, from experience, look back and give just encouragement and exhortation to those in the season and the seasons in life that contain like your fifties and sixties, maybe your fifties, sixties, seventies. You know, those maybe maybe more traditional, um, more, more traditionally that, that that stage in life where maybe kids are leaving or have left the house. Um, you know what? Our retire our, our cultures historically called retirement age, um, it. But we, our church family is made up of a lot of people in these years in their life. Looking back on the last twenty to thirty years of your life, how what kind of encouragement and exhortation would you want to leave those in their fifties, sixties? early 70s in our church family as you reflect on how God worked, um, how God's worked over the last few decades of, of your lives. I just, I, I think that there's been so much faithfulness and sacrifice and so much joy that I've gotten to see in you both in even just the last decade. But um, I don't know, is there any wisdom or encouragement or exhortation that you have for those in our church family in this? I'm this? glad you asked because... <laughs> We have learned as our sons and daughters grew up not to give advice unless asked. Mm. Mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> some really want it and some really don't. <laughs> but the kids from movie night and that kind, uh, you know, those yeah. people have seemed to be more open <laughs> to asking. Okay. Yeah. And so, and, so I, and I want to ask, even on behalf of those in our church family, in that both for me as I look forward to that, just personally, but also for those in our church family in those seasons, I, don't, I think that they don't often get the opportunity just to hear and kind of be spoken to from that perspective. So yeah, I would love, even on their behalf, to if there's any encouragement or exhortation. So we're asking, and, and, it's, a, and it's a safe distance because it's through the microphone, so you can, <laughs> <laughs> that helps too. I just want to correct one thing, and that yeah. is, you mentioned about retirement age and so forth. We have, I, I know you don't like. We to call, call it that. that in our house. We call that the R word. Yeah, I, uh, uh, retirement. That's why I, I caveated it. I said, you know, some people in our society might call it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, it's just. Uh, It, it's it's been a blessing. Uh, I think Jeanette alluded to it. Uh, it's hard for kids who grow up in a family and have had the parents constantly nurturing them and shaping them as they best they could and all, but at the same time, giving them so much direction. Mm -hmm. It's hard when they're at that age when they 
need to know that they are not a little mommy and daddy uh, duplicate, but that they are now a unique individual. Mm. And so I think we were very slow to learn this. <laughs> but the interesting thing is that our grandkids, I think, have shown us that they didn't grow up under our authority. And they're more, by and large, I think, they're more willing to listen to us. And we like to share. And I think it's partly because when they leave, <laughs> nobody's checking on them to say, uh, well, did you do what we suggested? Or how are you doing? And maybe I can make a suggestion how you can do it better and all that stuff. Um, it's, um, but they ask too. So. They yeah. do. Yeah. And, and, and the movie night kids, mm -hmm. uh, are, are an example of that mm -hmm. too. So, so two things. One, I, what I hear you saying is that for those maybe in those kind of beyond the, uh, child rearing years, mm -hmm. they, they might actually have a unique opportunity with the next, with the younger generation Yes, that, that, uh, their direct parents don't right, right? right and and that even right. the, the 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 generation kind of uh, beyond and a lot of in our church body uh -huh. um the young adults are away from home yeah and they've come here for school or for work mm -hmm. and i i think maybe we sort of stepped in as surrogate grandparents mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. so that we had that opportunity I, i'm sorry go ahead i would like to say amen to what bill said um, about total surrender mm. to the Lord. Because we have found that when we, I mean, the Lord will let us do it our way. Mm. But when we totally submit and say, Lord, I want to do it your way, mm. um, I think we put ourselves in a position where we can receive his wisdom and his guidance and his power and his love, not only to know his love for us, to be able to love people in the way he does, and peace. And that's not something we can get when we do it our way, <laughs> you know? So... Um, I think we've seen it over and over again that when we really try to do it God's way, mm. it works out a lot better. <laughs> you know, it's so, I so appreciate that. And I, it, it makes me think, I feel like that's the answer to the next question I was going to ask. Because um, the, the, the question I was going to ask was how, in a season in life, when, to be honest, I think when people reach, the season in life of their 50s, 60s, 70s, the, um, the you know, the, the, the typical, the caricature is that they stop growing or they stop changing. And my question was, how, how have you kept growing and changing in this season? And I, and I feel like what you're saying is this, it, it's this, to, it's this constant total surrender. That total yeah. surrender isn't that one thing you did once when no. you gave your life to Jesus, no. but that it, it's that continual turning. What I hear you say is that it's that continual turning over to God. It's not just in what we do. It's in what we think, mm. you know, um, stopping and saying, wait a minute, when I start feeling negative or something mm -hmm. and say, thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to experience your grace mm. and to respond in a way that you would have me respond. So it's just moment by moment. Yeah. 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 And it, and it sounds like even continually fighting sin, not, not well, getting. The, the Lord keeps bringing challenges. Mm. And that's the blessing because then we have to grow <laughs> <laughs> or else we just turn over and give up. <laughs> so we choose to grow. <laughs> uh. I think back. 
Um, my dad left the family. I think I was about five years old. My brother was about 10 years older than that. But it was devastating to my mom. Um, she got sick. I went, my dad took me and I lived with him for till I was 15 years old from about the age of seven. And when I was confident enough to say, uh, I want to go back and live with mom, and she had remarried. And I saw in that marriage how she had changed the things that I think were probably problems between her and my dad. Uh, one of the earliest memories I ever had of her was my dad at home grousing at her because she wouldn't get up and fix his breakfast. When I moved back 15 years old to live with Grandpa Fred and Mom, I never, ever experienced her not getting up when he did. And he was working in the Chevrolet plant in Van Nuys, and we were in Hollywood, so we had to get up early. She always got up with him. And I, I just, it marked me. She changed. Parents sometimes say to the kids, you'll never change. And, and that can be devastating. I saw her change. She used to say, don't do what I do, do what I say. But the interesting thing was, I watched what she did, and I learned, you can change. And then to come to the Lord and realize he'll change us. Um, it kind of adds up. And you think, Lord, uh, you'll take us, you'll call us home when it's time. But I think one of the things that will happen, will have to happen first is, will learn all that he intends us to learn. And I think that's a good motivation mm -hmm. to keep trying to just to learn more about him, to learn more about ourselves. And the power that he gives us to do just that, to change. That's I spoke about the disastrous business that caused me to just to surrender to the Lord. I have thought back on that for hundred, at least hundreds of times, probably talked about it a hundred times. The thing that amazes me the most is looking back on it, I did not have the power to do what happened. I said to the Lord, you run my life. Without his doing it, without his power, I could have said that over and over again and nothing would have changed. I didn't realize it at the time. And I said, I made him Lord. I called him God. But at that point, I looking back on it, I realized I made him Lord. I don't have the power to make God Lord. I don't have the power to, to submit to him, unconditional surrender. It just, I don't believe people have that power unless God gives us that power. I look at that as... Jesus raised the dead. He, he cursed the olive tree. He, he did all these miracles. And he said, greater things. Greater things. 
are coming. To me, changing a soul may be the greatest miracle that God does. And then, see, I saw what God did in Bill, and I realized there's something going on here that I don't understand. Mm -hmm. And he started reading his Bible every day, and I, I thought, well, I'll read my Bible every day. And I learned who Jesus was. Because I thought he was a good man. You know, so God doesn't waste anything. <laughs> yeah. and, and Bill just changed so completely when he submitted to the Lord. One of our sons says he's never known anybody who has allowed the Lord to change him more than Bill has to to go from what he grew up with. The example he had, some of what his father, not, not all, but um, that he has totally allowed the Lord to redeem that. You know, when I gave up, um, we were in a liberal church and we decided we need to go find a church. And we, we went to every cult, uh, that we could think of. Cause we didn't know and, better. And we went to one church, Christian church, I assume, Holy Rollers. It was the most bizarre thing we'd ever seen. But each Sunday we would come back and there was this postmortem. Okay, kids. Okay, Jeanette. What do you think? And we get all kinds of things. One of the kids would say, oh, that was great. And another one would say, I don't want to go back there. We went to Calvary Church. We One thing that we did consist, consistently was to say, God, show us the truth. And we've been to, I don't know, I, I think maybe as many as a, a dozen churches, what they call churches. So we went to Calvary Church and we came home that Sunday. And I said, what do you think? And Jeanette said, I don't want to go back. I said, okay, why? She said, that man says Jesus is God. And that man says there's a real devil. I don't want to go back. Coming out of Christian science, mm -hmm. she was just speaking what she'd grown up with. The fascinating thing is, we didn't go back to one Saturday, our daughter Karen's friend was over. She said, hey, you ought to come to Sunday school tomorrow. Uh, my dad's talking. And we thought, well, we've tried everything else. Why not? We went to that class that day, one hour, and we knew we had heard the truth. For a whole year, we would go to that class. We'd sit in the back sometimes parked the car just outside the door. <laughs> um, the, the class was over. We'd go out the back, throw the kids in the car, and drive out of there before anybody could even say, what do you think? We didn't want to talk about it. We just wanted to know the truth. After about a year, we thought, all right, we need to start worshiping the God that we have come to know. So we did. We, we would go to the sanctuary and we would hear a sermon. Pastor Hetrick. He was the one who said Jesus is God. He was the one. She didn't want to go see. Uh, Pastor Hetrick is the grandfather of, uh, of Jonathan Lee, by the way. And... 
after we were attending for a short time, uh, Ralph stood up and said, all right, it's time for me to retire. We've all kind of taken that personally, like we show up and he says, oh boy, it's time to leave. <laughs> but uh, it was uh, uh, the Lord showing us, don't try to figure out everything. Just follow what I lead. And uh, we spent a third of a century in that church. And it was really important that we finally decide to go to worship service. And I felt it again this morning, how important it was to be worshiping with the body. And so I encourage people to uh, not just, you know, when you can, not just watch from home on the computer Mm. or uh, get complacent about that because there's just something about worshiping surrounded by believers who love the Lord. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Now we can't replace that. Yeah. And we can't replace the two of you. <laughs> we can't thank you enough for the ways um, that you have allowed the Lord to use you in our church family. I know in my life, um, I know that our church is um, stronger and more faithful. I know I am a um, more seasoned, more faithful, more committed pastor because of the impact of your relationships and the the gift of the years that the Lord has given us together. And so, um, I'm I'm jealous for the church in Coeur d'Alene. <laughs> you were going to church. I'm, I'm jealous for uh, your your kids and your grandkids and your great grandkids um, in the best kind of way, because I'm so excited for them um, and for you, for what the Lord has in store Thank for you. this this season ahead. It, in essence, it is bittersweet. I'm both sad, but I'm so excited because the Lord has proven so faithful in every season of your lives. Yes. And so yes. his guiding here is just more of that. And so thankful for that. So I can't thank you enough. Thanks so much for the time to, to just to share some of these parting thoughts with um, our church family. I know that they will be, they'll be treasured. Thank you so much for the way the Lord has used you in our lives mm. and this church body. Mm. It's just been such a blessing. Mm. It yeah. sure is. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. And thank everyone. Thank you everyone for listening. Uh, we love you. And um, I'm so thankful that you got to just sit in on and, and glean from um, Bill and Jeanette um, as they, and thank you so much for taking the time the week before yes. <laughs> you, you got to get home and I'm sure there's more packing to do, but uh, we so appreciate it. And thank you everybody for listening. We love you and we'll see you on Sunday.